Good morning. Indeed, it is a good morning. It's, man, it's great to be in the house of the Lord today, and I pray that, uh, that you've been blessed already uh, this morning, just being in and amongst and around other believers and uh, being a part of uh, Bible study this morning. Um, we're glad that you're here. If you are a visitor with us today, if you would, whether you're online or in person, if you would text the word welcome, you see that in the top of your bulletin, uh, it should be scrolling across the bottom of your screen as well. If you would text the word welcome uh, to 704-459-5575, it'll let us know that you're uh, tuning in online, or if you're here today, we just want to get some more information out to you, uh, tell you hello, tell you we're glad that you're here, and uh, we're here to praise the Lord, amen. Uh, as far as announcements this morning, come on up, Madeline. We, we got a couple. December 5th is a Stand Up for Jesus rally at Shelby High School. There's a couple of flyers on that. Uh, also, uh, December 5th, the Earl Christmas Parade. Uh, there are sign-up sheets for that. Uh, November 23rd, uh, next Tuesday, uh, the Cleveland County Rescue Mission will have an open house. Uh, from 3 to uh, 12 to 3. Um, so take advantage. You've got a lot going on. Uh, we've got a, an, an RA food drive going on and got another one right here. Uh, good morning. If you have not pre-ordered an Actines cookbook, or, uh, please let one of the Actines know or one of the leaders and let us know how many. They are $20 each and you can also sign up for one near the office. We have a sheet and they also make very good gifts. Thank you. They will make very good gifts, and uh, I'm going to tell you what, this church has got some good cooks. Amen. Okay, I, we'll, we'll just leave it at that. My, my, my daddy, when he started coming up here, he looked at me and he said, Russ, he said, I, it's about six months into him coming regular. He said, I, I think I put on about 20 pounds coming to your church. <laughs> There's some good cooks up there. Uh, so anyway, there are some good, some delicious recipes. Some of your favorites are if you turn them in, they're in there, and uh, great uh, timing for the holidays, and great for uh, gifts, for uh, uh, evening meals, Sunday, Sunday lunches, whatever, so uh, make sure you sign up for that. Uh, it's going to be a good, a good time. As we begin our time of, of prayer this morning and our time of worship this morning, the psalmist writes in Psalm 24, it says, lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, the King of glory, so that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates. Lift, up, lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory might come in. Who is he, the King of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. Almighty God, we thank you for this day, for the blessings of the day, for the gathering of the day, God. And we pray that, that, Father, that today our worship would be pleasing in your sight. God, that we would bring a smile to your face through our worship. May our hearts be tuned to you. May our minds be focused on you as we give our time over to you today. Father, we humbly come to worship you, to exalt you, to lift you up, because you are the King of glory. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. 
the Alpha and the Omega. God, you are the all in all, and we praise you today. Lord, hear our prayer and accept our worship. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing about our worship. Here I am to worship. ago, I, I, I received a, a random letter in the, in the mail. It was addressed to the pastor at any church in Earl, North Carolina. <laughs> and so Chris, the postmaster down at the post office, he stuck it in the New Hope's uh, mailbox. And, and when I opened it up, you know, it was a handwritten envelope, and when I, when I opened it up and just immediately the, the Holy Spirit just fell on my heart. And I knew it wasn't uh, a chain letter or 
uh, you know, some bogus letter. I, I knew that it was something special, and I didn't, I didn't throw it away. The, the letter was from an elderly woman in Kentucky. Eva was her name. And uh, she had randomly chosen Earl, North Carolina, from an unknown source to send the letter to. Many of you remember the story. Um, you see, Eva lived in, in Hampton, Kentucky, a neighboring county to Hazard, Kentucky, Dukes of Hazard, okay? Uh, but she was wanting somebody somewhere to come and help her. And she somehow, some way, chose Earl, North Carolina, to send a, a letter to, to the pastor, Amen. to the church, to God's people. And God made sure that, that that letter found its way to us here. I prayed over that letter for, for several days, not exactly knowing how to take it, not exactly knowing what to do with it, not exactly knowing what steps to take next. And so I, I left it on my desk and I, I read it and I reread it and I prayed over it. And, and uh, I called Ken, who was over our, our benevolence committee, and we began to put a plan together. One thing led to another. We began to put together a mission trip uh, to Kentucky, and we collected food and, and, and clothing and furniture and household goods. And man, you name it, we had it on the back of that trailer, didn't we, Ken? It was loaded down, and, 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 and we, we took this up to Kentucky. It was a, we left early in the morning and, and got there, and Went down a little dirt road, could hardly turn the, 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 the bus and the stuff around. And when we got there and we walked in, it, it was one of the, the saddest homes I'd ever been in. It was dirty. The, the floors were all but gone. There were holes in the wall. There were doors on the, on the cabinets were, were falling off. And the entire home was completely infested with roaches. You would move one thing, and, and as much as we cleaned it, it, it seemed that we were losing the battle. Everything that we fixed, there would be another problem to fix, and we could never catch up. One thing led to another. We couldn't fix enough, we couldn't clean enough, we couldn't kill enough. <laughs> In all reality, the woman needed a new home. She was trying. She was doing all that she could. Again, she was an elderly lady. <clears throat> she had family that lived around, but it was her. And she was trying to provide for additional family members around her too. So it was just a, a bad situation. And, and again, she was trying to do all that she could, but... She couldn't do enough. She couldn't clean enough. She couldn't fix enough. And neither could we. We couldn't clean it all. We couldn't fix it all. And as I was beginning to, to think about our message today, that story came to mind because, you see, that's the way our lives can become where every area of our life is infected with sin. Where no amount of cleaning or no amount of fixing or, or trying to do right, we'll fix it, we'll, we'll make it right. 
We can't do enough. We can't clean enough in our lives. We can't do enough good things to make it right. And what needs to happen is change. Our old life needs to be done away with, needs to be destroyed and, and, and be put away, and a new life needs to be discovered. Amen. When we look at the Bible, we see throughout Scripture, primarily in, in the Old Testament, when we read about uh, the, the ceremonial cleansing, and the Old Testament and the Jewish law had a lot to say about uh, being clean and and unclean, and cleansing, and, and being cleansed. Amen. And Jesus says in Matthew 23, He talks about a cup and a saucer. How many of you have a, an old coffee cup that you've used for years and years, and it's just stained on the inside? Yeah. You got, we probably all have one of those. And Jesus says in, in, in Matthew 23, He says, You clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but the inside, they are full of greed and self-indulgence. First clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will be clean. You see, we try to clean up on the outside. We try to, we try to clean up on the outside and look good and come to church and, and think, okay, I've got it all together. Everybody look, I'm doing okay. When in, when in reality, it's not clean on the inside. When in reality we have a lot going on in the inside that's not pure in the sights of God. That there's evil, there's greed, there's, there's dirt there as seen by God. So we clean out the outside when the heart and the mind are really the problem. You see, God wants to change our heart. God wants to change our mind and make us holy. And He wants us to be wholly submitted to Him. And so what does holy, what does being holy really mean? What, is it, what does it look like? Well, the word holy means to be dedicated or, or given over to a religious or a sacred use that belongs to God. So it means to be dedicated to a religious or sacred use as belonging to God. And so let's stop right there and ask ourselves, would we consider ourselves holy would we consider ourselves where we are today holy are we pursuing holiness in our in, in, in our life it means being separated from the world and being dedicated to God and so if we take that right there how are we living life how does our life look in comparison to being holy. Are we giving more, are we giving over more to the world, to the things of the world, or to God and the teachings of God? Amen. You see, the Bible tells us that we, that we either belong to the world or we belong to God. That's right. Where do we find ourselves today? We belong to the world or we belong to God. We belong to the kingdom of this world or we belong to the kingdom of God. We can't have both. We can't say, I, I, I belong to both. I'm giving over to both. I'm going to do this half the time and this half the time. I'm going to give myself to the world on Monday through, Monday through Saturday and I'm going to give my, my life to Christ on Sunday. 
It doesn't work like that. It cannot, it cannot happen. It's like, it's like having a, mistress, a mistress. You can't be faithful to both. As long as you, you give yourself to both, you, can, you can't be faithful to either one. One devotion will give way to the other. The same thing with the Word of God. We're either given to Him or we're given to the world. We're either faithful to God or we're faithful to sin. We either belong to God or we belong to sin. We're either possessed by God or we are possessed by sin. We are driven by God or we're driven by the things of the world. Our scripture today, and, and, and as we continue on in our series of 316, it leads us into 1 Corinthians chapter 3. If you will, turn your Bibles uh, to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And we've been moving from Genesis all the way through the Old Testament to the New Testament, the Gospels, Romans, Acts, and now we're into 1 Corinthians. And we're going to make it on several more weeks and uh, uh, go through Revelation and looking at what God's Word says in chapter 3 uh, in verse, some of the verses of 16 there throughout the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse, verses 16 is where we land today. Verses 16 and 17. And he says, Don't you know that you, are, that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred, and you together are that temple. In the Old Testament, the temple was God's dwelling place. It's where people went to meet God, to, to worship God. The Israelites would, would come from all over the region, and they would... They would bring their sacrifices and they would, they would come to the temple of God to worship Amen. Almighty God. The temple was a place of holiness and a place of worship. There was nothing unclean that was allowed there. The sacrifices were, were spotless. They didn't have a blemish on them. And, and everything was done in reverence. The worshipers were ceremonially cleansed and, and prepared and ready to meet God. The blood sacrifices were done to atone for their sins. And there was a place in the temple called the Holy of Holies, and that is where the presence of God was. And so as we're thinking about the temple of God, as we look back in the Old Testament and we see how it's described, what the temple of God looked like, what it, well, the purposes of it were, were used for, here in the New Testament, the idea goes from the temple of God, God dwell, God's dwelling place being in the temple, in a constructed facility, to being in our hearts. So go back and, and, and reconsider how I just described the temple, where God's dwelling place was. It was a place of Holiness and worship. Our heart is the temple of God. The temple is a place of holiness and worship. Nothing unclean is allowed. 
Our sacrifice was pure and spotless. Everything is done with reverence. Worshippers were, were cleansed and they were ready and they were prepared to meet God. Amen. And so consider the, the magnitude of saying that our bodies are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. That we, our hearts are the temple of the, of the Holy Spirit set aside for sacred purposes and for worshiping God. You see, that's what the Bible tells us is going on in our hearts if we have Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Is that is the dwelling place of the Lord. And we learn in the Old Testament that eventually God allowed the temple to be destroyed because the people forgot God. The people did away with God. They, they did away with Him and began worshiping other gods and other things and other people. They began bringing pagan items into worship, pagan symbols, uh, symbols into the temple, and they replaced God, God Almighty, the Creator God, with things He created. And so God removed His presence. Folks, this is what can happen in the church. In fact, that's what's going on in our country and around the world today. We have forgotten God. And the world is worshiping other things. The world is worshiping other people and other objects and things that are driving people away from God. And God is removing His hand. God is allowing churches and people to be destroyed to get back to the core, to get back His true believers. Because Jesus and the Holy Spirit, we are the church. We're, we're the new temple of God. And the, and the Holy of Holies is now in our heart where, where the Holy Spirit re resides. And so hear God's Word today about the holiness of God, about our God's desire for us to be holy, to live holy lives, to put away the things of the world, to, 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 to not fall to the temptations of the world but to live for Him and His teachings. We find in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 uh, through chapter 7, verse 1. It says, Do not be, be yoked uh, together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Amen. Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Amen. 
And since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. And so what, we're, what Paul is saying here is that we can't serve two masters. We can't be in love with the world and in love with God. We can't follow the world and we can't follow God. We're to be separate from the world. We're to be completely and wholly surrendered and committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. We're to be holy as He is holy and to be holy His. In Psalm 24, verses 3 through 6, it says, Who may ascend to the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in His holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart. Who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god? They will receive blessings from the Lord and vindication from God their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek Him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 14-16, through 16, He says, Those obedient children do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. In other words, don't live as you used to before you knew God, before you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Don't live that way. Get rid of the old life and live according to God's plan. He says again, As obedient children do not conform to the evil desires you once lived in ignorance, but just as He who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. In 2 Peter chapter 2, Peter continues the thought. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 10, he says, But you are a chosen people. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Think about that, God's special possession. You are holy and and so you're special to God. That you may declare the praises of Him who call you out of darkness and into His wonderful light. He has called us out of the pits of hell into the glorious light of Lord Jesus Christ. He says, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Praise God. And so in being that holiness, we have to pursue, we have to choose to pursue righteousness. We have to be dedicated to the Lord. We must protect our relationship with God. When when the things of the world battle for our time, battle for our our attention, we have to be aware that it's coming, that it's happening, and keep it aside. That we don't fall to the temptation of the world, but we stay true in our relationship to to Jesus and protect it at all costs. Leviticus chapter 20 Leviticus chapter 20, verses 6 through 8. He says, I will set my face against anyone who turns to mediums 
and spiritists to prostitute themselves by following them. And I will cut them off from their people. Here it is. Consecrate yourselves and be holy because I am the Lord your God. Keep my decrees and follow them. I am the Lord who makes you holy. Praise God. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer yourselves, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Remember what I said a minute ago when in, in the Old Testament they brought their sacrifices. They were pure and spotless. They were without blemish. And what did they do? They, they, they slit their throats. They drained the blood. They brought the perfect sacrifice and put it on the altar. And, and so here Paul is calling us to be or in, in, in Paul writing to the Romans, he's calling us to be living sacrifices. That doesn't even sound or doesn't make sense, does it? To crawl yourself up on the altar in holiness and give it to the Lord. Give your life to the Lord. To offer yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Just thinking back last week, thinking about the things we did and the things we said, the way we acted and Reacted the way we treated people, the way we responded to people. I wonder if we could go by Romans 12, 1, to, to offer yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. I wonder if the things we did, the way we lived last week was really pleasing to God in all areas, all the time. I don't think they were. And so He's calling us to come and, and confess that and give that over to Him. You see, we allow that holiness to come. We allow that holiness to happen when we allow, allow the Holy Spirit to come within us, to move within us, to live within us, and to dwell in us, and to be con in control of who we are. We allow Him to move us to confession and repentance. See, a lot of times we may feel like we, we need to confess, but we don't. Right. A lot of times we may feel we need to repent for the way we've lived, for the things we've done, but we don't. And so we need to allow the Holy Spirit to cleanse us and to fix us. Because we can't do it ourselves. This building is... It says, hey, you going to church this week? You going to New Hope this week? And our mindset is this is a church. 
When in all reality, town hall could be the church that we recognize as the place we go to have church. It could be at the mall. It could be, it could be anywhere because a church isn't built out of brick and mortar, is it? The building helps the church be the church. The building allows facilities that we can be the church to those who call Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, those who choose for themselves that, and allow God to do His handiwork in, His, in our hearts and in our lives that we can surrender ourselves to be the masterpiece that God wants us to be so that He can continue His workmanship in our life. And together we become the church. This body of believers here is the church. Amen. This building here is the facility in which we gather. That's right. You remember the house I described a, a few minutes ago? Mm-hmm. Did you get in your mind the picture of what that house might have looked like? Yeah. And, and, and how disgusting or horrific it, 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 it sounded I would say to you today that that's the way God sees sin in our life may we be as disgusted about the sin in our life as God is See, as a believer, the Holy Spirit dwells in our heart. We are His temple. And so let me ask you today, what is it in your life? What is it in in your heart? What is it in your temple that needs to be cleansed? Where is it in your life that you're out of alignment with God? Do you not know that you are the temple of God? That the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple are you? Are you the pagan temple? Or the temple of God? Our bodies are the temple of God. God's Holy Spirit lives inside us. Therefore, we, we, it's, a, it's imperative that we keep our, our bodies holy and, and morally pure and, and clean. What good is it to, to come to church on Sunday and, and, and live a, a good life on Sunday, only Monday, to go out and ruin your testimony, to, 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 to live a filthy life? What good is it to... to, to, to Serve God on Sunday and live impure lives on Monday, and Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday. It'd be like me working out at the farm all day and having dirty clothes and dirty boots on and coming inside and say, Hey, Mo, I'm going to vacuum the carpet today. <laughs> that wouldn't go over too well, would it? Then she'd send me to Lowe's to get a carpet cleaner, wouldn't she? 
And so are we, are we sincerely trying to live a holy life? Does our Monday life match our Sunday worship? Let me ask you a question and ask, ask this to yourself. Who am I? Who, who am I? Am I a Christian who is really trying to live for Christ? Or am I one that goes to church on Sunday but continues the same old life on Monday. Are you wholly His desiring to be holy? Speaking of the farm, I was down there working some this weekend and these gloves were up here. They're just taking up space, aren't they? They really are. And, you know, I keep them in the toolbox in the truck and they just take up space there. They're no good sitting in the truck, are they? They've, done no, they've had no purpose here today, have they? Except for maybe make y'all wonder what they're here for, that I left them here accidentally doing something this weekend. But the glove has no purpose at all sitting there. It is no good at all, is it? But what happens when I put that glove on? It, it conforms to my hand, doesn't it? And it's amazing. If that finger moves, the glove moves. If that one moves, that one moves. If they all open up, they all open up. How cool is that? Just a glove that was laying there. Just magic. They just came to life, didn't they? Amen, but they conformed to my hands and the, the glove is doing exactly what my hands want them to do. And so it is with the Holy Spirit. We are the gloves. And the Holy Spirit is the hand that moves the glove. It's the Holy Spirit that does the work in the gloves. It's the Holy Spirit that allows the gloves to get the work done. I was moving wood and hammering and doing stuff this weekend and I didn't get a blister because of these gloves. It helped me get the work done. And so is our life Allowing the Holy Spirit to move in and, and be the hands inside our gloves. To be the... It's the Holy Spirit living in us. Is it controlling our life the way my hands are controlling the gloves? Or what if I... You know, I can slide my fingers out of a few of those. And... If I go to pick something, it's just no good at all, are they? You know? If the fingers aren't in there. And that's the way we are without Christ. We're no good. We're useless. We cannot get anything good done without Christ. With Christ, it's all possible. Amen, brother. Amen. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you today, Lord, for allowing the Holy Spirit to live within us. Thank you, God, for Pentecost and allowing the Holy Spirit to come 
in this land and to infiltrate the hearts of your people so that you can move within us, so that you can use us for your holy work, that we can be godly people on, on mission for you. God, don't... God, we want you in every part of our life. We don't want you missing in, in some parts where like the glove is just useless. But God, we're, we're truly pursuing holiness. And God, the only way that we can pursue true holiness is if we are wholly surrendered to You. And so Father, today, whatever that obstacle is, whatever that barrier is between us and You, I pray, God, that You would take it away. Help us to see it, God. Help us to identify it. God, that we might be drawn to You that we might be used by You to become the people, to become the church that You want us to be. We surrender our hearts to You, Lord, because You gave Your life, You shed Your blood on the cross so that our sins could be forgiven. And God raised the Lord Jesus Christ up from the grave He is alive today, and because of that, we have the hope of a resurrected life too. Thank you, Lord. May we be used by you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.